Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We've kind of adjusted some things based on everything that happened last year. Uh, the semester has changed on campus. We actually brought our uh, our players back this past weekend um, for campus rules. Uh, they've got to go through a, a quarantine period, and we got to get them tested. And uh, we wanted to make sure everything was it was handled the right way, and, and safety was our, our primary concern. So we've kind of received the majority of the team back on campus now, and uh, they'll get started officially with winter conditioning uh, on Monday uh, for spring ball. We're going to move it back a little bit. Uh, we're not sure if we're going to have spring recruiting or not, but I want to get a full winter conditioning in before we start spring ball. Uh, in order to do that, we needed to delay the start of spring practice a little. So we'll be the five five weeks leading up to the end of April and planning on having our spring game on May 1st. And welcome here to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Nate Klaus. We're all together here in studio, guys. And uh, we hit on this a couple of weeks ago on Husker Online, but uh, it's official. May Day, May 1st, is going to be uh, the Nebraska spring game, I believe the latest in school history. Um, It makes sense in a lot of respects because the semester is starting much later um, and and you don't want to shortchange your winter conditioning program. There is no spring break this year for students. It's 14, 15 weeks in a row now uh, for Scott Frost and this team starting Monday. They'll begin a very intense eight-week winter conditioning program and then they'll take a week off. Then they'll start spring practice on Tuesday, March 30th. Um, and they'll go for five straight weeks of practice uh, coinciding with a May 1 red-white spring game. And then the final exams at UNL start on May 3rd. And then the team will get some downtime, and that will take us into the summer. So um, we kind of know what's next for Nebraska. And it will be interesting just to kind of see, you know, what what this all looks like. And, you know, will we see fans at a spring game? And, and, and you know, there's going to be some more roster movement and things that happen here in the coming uh, weeks and months. Yeah, but at least now we actually have a, a time frame of, you know, what's next. I mean, obviously with the book being closed uh, after that Rutgers game, you know, there was a lot of questions and a lot of shaking out that needed to be that needed to happen, both with, you know, staff, with the roster and, and all that stuff. And while, like you said, there's still some loose ends yet to tie up, you know, at least now we can, you know, set our sights towards, um, you know, the, the end of March and uh, have an idea of, of what, you know, what, 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 when questions that we have for the spring are finally going to get answered. And it's delayed a couple of weeks. I don't think it's a big deal whatsoever. Uh, like Scott said, I think getting a full winter conditioning program is so important for this team. And it's just kind of the, the, the last uh, bit of the aftermath from all the, the pushback that happened in the fall. And once you get through spring, then the calendar can get a little, little bit back to normal. Yeah, even if spring recruiting does open up on April 15th, and I would imagine that the coaches only practicing, what, th- three times a week? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, If they probably. really wanted to, to get out a day or two, um, you know, during those first two weeks of the spring evaluation period, they, they still could. But I, I think, you know, I, I kind of like the way that they've went ahead and, and set it out. And 
Uh, they've got a they've got a plan in place and and you know can adjust if need be depending on on how things kind of shake out between now and then. And don't you think, Nate, if they do open things up at all in April or May, it's going to be a pretty slow roll. It's not going to yeah. be like, all right, the gates are open and everyone's out five days a week. Yeah, I mean, I would even imagine that there's going to be schools across the country that that don't allow a bunch of you know, visiting coaches to come through their hallways and, and into school and everything, even if it is technically opened up by the NCAA. So yeah, I would, I would imagine that regardless of, of what the spring evaluation period is going to look like, you know, depending on when it opens, I mean, it's, it's not going to be your, your typical spring eval period. Well, another reason why I think they wanted to do the, the spring the way that they did and make sure they got a full winter conditioning program is the fact that there's 12 mid-year enrollees, 12 early enrollees in 13. here. 13. 13. That, that Counting the transfers. Yeah, that are going to have to uh, you know, make up some ground and get ready. And so this provides them ample opportunity to do that, get their feet under them, get settled in, and then be able to participate in a full spring ball. So I'm sure there's plenty of reasons. But that probably had a lot to do with it as well. Okay, Nate, uh, we thought it was 14. Scott Frost on radio said 13. Is there somebody on that initial list of 14 that's not here that you know of? Yeah, you know – not to my, not to my. So knowledge. it might be fourteen. Um, yeah, it, it it might be fourteen. I I know that on signing day they announced, uh, I believe it was eleven, and then the three uh, transfers. Yeah, and then you've got the three transfers. So I mean, unless there's been somebody, you know, somebody that that kind of fell off of that initial list. Um, you know, I, I, as far as I know, it's it's fourteen. It's fourteen. Okay. And uh, one other thing, I don't mean to open up an old scab here, guys, but Scott Frost did address the decision to vote on the bowl game. I want to play this, and then we'll give our reaction. Here's Scott Frost on the Husker Sports Network addressing the player vote not to play in the bowl game. A lot of the team, probably most of the team, uh, wanted to go on and play, uh, but this is kind of the one time because of how weird the year was that I I wanted the team to help decide. And uh, we also didn't want to go into a bowl game unless everybody was committed and gung-ho and excited about going. And uh, it was just such a long, hard year that we couldn't – get a unanimous decision and from that standpoint and um you know we, we went through a lot of things last year greg that i think the team needed to go through for growth and uh, i'm glad we got that opportunity to do that this year and i think it'll uh, lead to better things next year and beyond and that was scott frost on the decision uh, to have a player vote not to play in the bowl and i'll tell you this guys uh, i don't think there will ever be another player vote again um <laughs> That whole deal, uh, I'm sure if Scott Frost could have like mulligans, he'd like to have that situation back. But we know this. There, there was a group of vocal offensive players, and um, some of them have moved on now to the NFL or not here anymore. Guys didn't want to play. And that was a tough deal that they were in when your entire defense, when your large group of walk-on guys wanted to go on the trip, but your key offensive guys didn't want to play. And it's probably not something they want to talk about much more after <laughs> after that comment from Scott Frost. Yeah, I think it kind of just embodied all the things Nebraska was dealing with in the locker room where, you know, for the most part they had a team that was, you know, ready to, you know, try to play as many games as possible and make the most out of the season given all the sacrifices they'd made, but Clearly, uh, there was a group, and even if it was a small group, it was obviously a, vo- a, a group that had a loud voice in that locker room, uh, and uh, they were enough to kind of sway the opinion uh, of that decision. And, you know, looking back on it, yeah, I'm sure Frost, you know, I guess I get it, the fact that the season was what it was. They went through that much of a grind, and if, if your team wasn't bought in on playing in a bowl, then you know, how much would you actually gain from it? But 
hearing that you know the majority of the team wanted to play and yet they still didn't because a handful or a group of players didn't want to it kind of shows the you know the, the divide. divide within that team and kind of uh, is a, a big picture look at some of the problems they were dealing with all year when well, he says that this is probably the one the one year or the one time that mm-hmm. that we let the the team actually vote on something like this because of uh, how weird the the year was and uh, which I get, but yeah, there's no doubt that I think he probably wishes he would have maybe done th- things differently or or at least learned from this and, and knows that, you know, from, from here on forward, maybe that's a, a coaching staff decision instead of a player decision. What would have been interesting, though, guys, is we know Luke McCaffrey was out. He wasn't going to play in a bowl game, and it sounded like Martinez was hurt pretty good from Rutgers. I mean, we're, if you watched the end of the game, he was stretching himself out. He had multiple things he was battling would Logan Smothers have started a bowl game? I mean, that would have been intriguing. Um, what would the quarterback position have looked like for a bowl game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, uh, obviously you had guys that already kind of had one foot out the door. Uh, it turned out that uh, would have been big pieces of that offense that you'd have to replace you know, on a short amount of prep because that bowl would have been what, like t- a week, two weeks uh, after the end of the regular season? It could have been as early as the 26th, as late as January. I mean, there, there might have been one that was even after New Year's, but hmm. probably the 30th was – I mean, I think they were shooting for the game in Charlotte, the one that Wisconsin played against Wake Forest. I don't know if they would have gotten that bowl over Wisconsin, um, but that would have been the one I think they were eyeing. But a lot of guys got spooked, from my understanding, about missing Christmas. Once it was said, like, you won't have any hmm. time to enjoy Christmas, you have to stay here, that turned some – yeah, let's do it to some other guys. Like, you know what? I don't want to do this now. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially the fact that there were guys that, you know, like Adrian Martinez, who said he hadn't seen anybody in his family since Nine March. So, you know, I, eventually, you know, that the, just the, the length that the grind of the season just warmed down, I'm sure. Yeah, I, mean, I can see it both ways, um, definitely. You know, I think that uh, – um, they, I mean, they definitely went through an awful lot. Uh, I know that there was uh, the large majority of the guys probably hadn't been home since April or, or May uh, at the at the earliest. But um, yeah, I, I think everyone is probably happy to be able to kind of turn the page and, and start to look forward to winter conditioning and, and spring ball coming up. And speaking of turning the page, a lot of seniors are coming back to Nebraska. We're going to discuss that and what that means. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.